I want to invite you to join us for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. On May 22nd, Paul D. Joe, co-founder and former COO at Mudwater, will be sharing about online marketing and using Bitcoin to accelerate your efforts. In addition to helping scale the well-known coffee alternative, Paul is also behind Casey Cattle's recent Bitcoin adoption that went viral on Twitter. After Paul shares, there'll be a live Q&A along with the time to share insights and network with fellow entrepreneurs. You can find a link in the show notes to sign up. Be sure you'll be able to say, I was there when your progeny asked you where you were for the first ever Bitcoin Business Owners Roundtable. I think it's important for people to understand that this is really a once in a lifetime opportunity for humanity to get it right. It can be a solution to this problem, which really permeates absolutely every aspect of our lives. And we don't even know it as much as it will separate money from state. Most importantly, it's an opportunity, probably the only time we'll get the opportunity to separate money from human nature. Welcome to the Business Bitcoinization Show, the show dedicated to helping you enrich your life and grow your business with Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth. I'm your host, Josh Friedemann, and our guest today is Mark Link, who's the co-founder of Link Dental. For the last 35 years, he's been a dentist by day, but he's a Bitcoiner by passion. He was red-pilled by the 2008 Great Financial Crisis and orange-pilled by logic and experience. Today, we talk about his business and how he's begun to accept Bitcoin in his dental practice, as well as some other ways he's using Bitcoin. This week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight is actually the one that he leads. But before we get into that, I do want to take a second to thank those who have been supporting the show on Fountain across the last week. Thanks to No Waste BTC Signs and user 399-53486 for streaming sats to the podcast, as well as Piez, who in reference to last week's episode with Daniel Hirschberger of Bitcoin is Better, he said, thank you, sir, and sent 205 sats. Well, Piez... Thank you, sir. I really appreciate your support, as well as everyone else who's been supporting the show on Fountain. If you are interested in giving it a try for yourself, I encourage you to download the Fountain app, listen to this podcast, and any other podcast you enjoy listening to. You can either stream sats as you listen, or if you hear something you like and want to send a message to me or any other host, you can send a boost and provide that feedback. Now, this week's Bitcoin Meetup Spotlight is the South Denver Bitcoin Meetup, the place to talk about Bitcoin in South Denver. On the second Thursday of each month, gather around to explore the peaks and valleys of the Bitcoin landscape. From seasoned miners to those just striking digital gold, all are welcome at this South Denver Bitcoin rendezvous. In their discussions, they delve into the flaws of the financial system and examine how Bitcoin might offer an alternative solution. Join them for a thoughtful dialogue on reshaping the future of finance in the digital age. One of their recent meetups was a progressive party where they went to businesses that are accepting Bitcoin in the Denver metro area. It sounds like a fun group to be a part of. And if you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to Mark, whose info is in the show notes below. Now, we're going to get to our interview with Mark right after this. Business owners, unlock the benefits Bitcoin has to offer your business with the Bitcoin for Business Quick Start Guide. This 27-page guide highlights the six ways you can grow your business with Bitcoin. Check it out in the show notes. Mark, welcome to the podcast. 
Well, thank you. So I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you a little bit better and give us some insight for our own lives. So you ready for these? Sure. Question number one, when and how did you first learn about Bitcoin? So I would say the short answer to that is uh, 2016. I watched a, a podcast by Don Tapscott on uh, TED Talk. Um, and uh, but I kind of I was I was really primed to hear what he had to say um, by what happened to me in 2008. And uh, at that time, my wife and I had just purchased our bought and built out an office condo. We had borrowed a million dollars. And uh, the first day we're moving in, uh, Hank was the same day that Hank Paulson and George W. get on the on the airways and saying the sky is falling. Uh, you know, we need to bail out the banks. And for six months, my patients weren't doing anything. They weren't, unless it was emergent, they weren't doing anything. We did not take a paycheck for six months. We were furloughing people. Uh, it was just, you know, very, very, very stressful. So I say it kind of primed me to hear the story, you know, kind of to be open to Bitcoin because I, at that juncture, I, I decided, you know what, uh, I don't ever want to be in that situation again. And, you know, when you go to bed on Friday night, and you wake up on Monday and everything's hunky-dory and you, you wake up on Monday morning and the sky is falling. Uh, you you kind of want to figure out why that that is. And so I started going down the rabbit hole and, and, you know, I was 45 years old at the time and my financial knowledge was zero. Uh, I thought that when I went to a bank um, that they had the money. In other words, that they were actually hardworking people who would earn this money and and you know so of course you know they should they should earn interest if they're loaning me money but what i came to understand is that you know that isn't the case that they just kind of created out of thin air and and in mike maloney's hidden secrets of money episode number four was kind of my entree into how our monetary system worked um and i, I was i was just gobsmacked by when the more I peeled back the onion, the more I I got to understand. Wow, this is crazy. Uh, and uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's uh, it's been it's been kind of a journey since two thousand and eight. But twenty sixteen was the very first time that I had actually heard about Bitcoin. Question number two, what's an insight or fact about Bitcoin that you wish everyone understood? Gosh, I, I think there's really three things that I, I wish. First of all, I think everybody, just like I didn't know, like I didn't know how our monetary system works. I didn't know uh, what money is. Uh, I've come to understand, I, at the time, I, I would I felt like, uh, gosh, what an idiot I am that I didn't know this. I thought I just kind of had this assumption that everybody must know. And uh, as it turns out, and what I've found since is that nobody knows any of this. Yeah. And it's shocking to me, even my my patients who are, you know, super financially savvy, you know, CFAs, uh, you know, even even some of my banker 
patients, you know, uh, are, are not aware that the Federal Reserve isn't part of the federal government. So um, I wish everybody knew how, number one, how our monetary system works. Okay. And um, that, that by virtue of uh, fractional reserve lending, it is, uh, it is designed and structurally insolvent mm. from day one. Uh, and it has just become more and more brittle as they've, you know, expanded the money supply. So, uh, so that's the first thing, because that is the problem. And it's what got all of us in, in trouble in 2008. And as we all know, uh, the, the banks got bailed out and it just created more moral hazard. And uh, so uh, I wish everybody knew that. And I wish it wasn't just, um, you know, something that, uh, that people were more interested in. Uh, and the second thing, you know, is that as 2008 showed, I mean, what happened was that profits are privatized and losses are socialized. And that, I thought, was just accidental, but it's really by design. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you've read the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, you understand that the way our system is designed really was designed um, purposefully by you know, some extraordinarily wealthy people way back in 1910. And what happened in 2008 was actually um, something that they had anticipated. Um, and, and it just, it, their, their plan worked out really great for them, you know. So, uh, and then I think in terms of Bitcoin, I think it's important for people to understand that this is really a once in a lifetime opportunity for humanity to get it right. Um, and, you know, it, it, it can be a solution to this problem, which really permeates absolutely every aspect of our lives, and we don't even know it. Um, but most importantly, I think, as much as it will separate, when it, if, if adoption becomes uh, more widespread, as much as it will separate money from state, most importantly, it's an opportunity, probably the only time we'll get the opportunity to separate money from human nature. And uh, what I mean by that is, um, you know, if I had a money printer in my attic, no matter how, you know, benevolent and, uh, say, moral I was, I would eventually use that money printer. And the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that it extracts that frailty of human nature mm. from this important thing that allows us to interact and lubricate commerce. And uh, if, if we're lucky, more and more people will understand that and they will utilize this system. So, but, you know, it's not a for sure thing. Question number three is what's the Bitcoin resource that you most recommend to other people? Uh, well, if it's if it, most recently, if it's a book, um, it would be uh, Lynn Alden's uh, Broken Money mm. um, or Safedine's, uh, you know, uh, the Bitcoin standard. If it's a podcast, it would be uh, Preston Pish and, uh, you know, uh, We Study Billionaires as Wednesday uh, podcast or uh, what Bitcoin did, um, uh, or uh, even I think Natalie Burnell right now is doing a great job with Coin Stories. Um, so I mean, those are kind of resources. And then 
when it comes to videos or YouTube, um, I, I almost always, if somebody's new to this space or if somebody doesn't understand the problem, like I didn't understand the problem, um, I will send them a link for the Hidden Secrets of Money episode number four. Mike Maloney does a fantastic job mm. uh, of just making it simple for people to understand. Uh, and then when it comes to what is Bitcoin, um, that very first podcast or that very first TED Talk, uh, Don Tapscott, um, it's it's entitled, I think, um, something like the blockchain um Blockchain is changing business, but Don Tapscott TED Talk is it was is fantastic. And then lastly, uh, for simple things, other other podcasts or other YouTubes would be Matthew Cratter's Bitcoin University. So I have a lot of resources actually, um, and it just depends upon where that person is. I, I try to meet people where they're at, if possible, uh, and and give them what I feel like hopefully is not only just a teaser, but something that will help them start going down the rabbit hole. So all of those are great resources. The one that I find myself recommending most, especially when I post something on YouTube, like a short or something like that, that people have some sort of critical response. I always recommend them check out Matthew Cratter's uh, Bitcoin University, like you just said, just because he does such a good job of explaining Bitcoin, especially in comparison to everything else. But this is a podcast for business owners. I always like to ask a couple questions that aren't necessarily connected, at least directly to Bitcoin. So question number four is this, beyond Bitcoin, what's a resource, idea, or tool that's been helpful to you or your dental practice recently? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, my obviously it's a niche industry, you know, dentistry um, and, you know, uh, the adoption of technology. So our practice, we're using 3D printing, we're using uh, uh, digital uh, impression systems and CAD CAM to mill same day crowns. Um, we're using, uh, you know, 3D printers to print our, you know, uh, aligners for, you know, straightening pa- patients' teeth. Uh, and to, to create our surgical guides for placing implants. So, um, I mean, it's really technology. Um, and you almost need to be a very, not necessarily the first adopter of technology, but you need to, in order to really combat inflation, you have to be, you have to utilize the deflationary hedge that you get with technology in order to even survive. I mean, in my view, you know, much less grow. So those have been the things that we've done. And I'm sure in everybody's industry, you know, whether no matter what it is, we, we understand that, you know, you, you have to be kind of on the cutting edge of what's happening in your industry if you want to thrive. Now we have our final, what we call our arbitrary but insightful question. And it's this, as a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Uh, you know, it's kind of a trick question, I think, uh, and I probably is a little too binary. I, that, I, I'm assuming you're alluding to RFK's uh, famous quote that, you know, some men look at the way things are and, and, and say why, and, and I dream and, and, and ask why not or something of that effect, you know. And, you know, for me, uh, I would have to say that... Um, both questions are very important. The why question really gives you context. And as we, even in the, in the space of Bitcoin, you know, if you don't understand monetary history, if you don't understand what's going on and where you're at, 
uh, it's very difficult to chart a course that's different. Uh, so I, I think both questions uh, are um, equally important. So I know that's a little bit of a, a hedge, but uh, I, I think you know once you understand the context of, of where you are and understand what it is about where you are that you're not satisfied with, then you get to dream. Uh, once you dream, then you got to take some action. You know, you got to you got to be an engine for the world that you want to see. I mean, Jeff Booth is very, very strong on that. You know, he, he'll, he'll basically say, you know, we got to stop complaining about the way things are and we got to start building. Um, you know, we got to start building the world that we want. And and actually that resonates with me a lot. It's why it's one of the reasons why we started accepting Bitcoin. Meet Linkster, your premier Bitcoin-focused advisor. Linkster caters to businesses, institutions, family offices, and high-net-worth individuals. They merge your unique financial goals and needs with Linkster's Bitcoin expertise to craft your own sustainable plan to preserve and grow the value of your hard-earned profits and retained earnings. At Linkster, it's not just advice. It's tailored execution. Connect directly with the founder by visiting Linkster.com. That's L-Y-N-C-S-T-E-R. Dot com Linkster. Secure your future with Bitcoin. Today's episode of Business Bitcoinization is proudly brought to you by Vellus Commerce, where the future of business technology meets Bitcoin. As we journey through the era of Bitcoin and its transformational impact on businesses, there's one name that stands out. Vellus Commerce. Whether you're looking to build a cutting-edge website, a seamless mobile app, or custom software, Vellus is your go-to team. They've been diving deep into the world of Bitcoin since 2014, making them one of the most experienced groups for integrating Bitcoin and Lightning payments into a variety of digital platforms. But here's what truly sets them apart. Vellus Commerce doesn't just build. They bring a wealth of knowledge to ensure your project success from day one. Their team understands the nuances of Bitcoin, ensuring that your business stays ahead of the curve. And for all business Bitcoinization listeners out there, Vellus Commerce is offering a free consultation to kickstart your project the right way. So if you're ready to future-proof your business in the coming age of hyper-Bitcoinization, head over to VellusCommerce.com or reach out on Twitter at Vellus Commerce. Let's make sure your business thrives in the Bitcoin era. Well, Mark, we're here today to talk about your dental practice. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into dentistry. Uh, you've already shared a little bit about how you got into Bitcoin, but how long have you been running your practice? And then maybe we'll get into some of how Bitcoin is starting to fit into that more and more. Uh, so I've been in private practice for 35 years, actually. Um, and uh, I initially was in practice in Illinois. I moved to Denver in 2004. And, um, yeah, I have an adult restorative practice. It's, uh, it's kind of geared towards um, trying to really execute at a very high level in, for patients who really want to seek optimal dental health. And uh, so, um, but I got into it, you know, in large part because, uh, you know, I had come from a family of either physicians or, or, or dentists and, um, and my, you know, my, my tendencies or my, I'd say my strengths are very much in science and in biology, you know, that's always been something that's been of interest to me, but also the fact that, you know, in this profession, uh, we are really fortunate to marry kind of the, the, the art and science of, of, uh, what, uh, technology to, to really improve somebody's uh, health. And, uh, it's, it's great to be, you know, with people every day 
Um, I have some of the best patients and, you know, it's just really an enjoyable, uh, enjoyable life. So um, uh, I love doing what I do. So a few weeks ago, there was a post circulating on Twitter that someone had just paid uh, for their dentistry with Bitcoin at your practice. And right. I'm doing a disservice to whoever posted that originally because I think I saw someone repost it or something. And I, right. I should have figured it out before this episode of this conversation today. But how long has this been happening? Is this something that really, uh, that was the first person that had paid? And uh, I'd just like to hear a little bit about why you decided to begin accepting Bitcoin in your practice, considering a lot of business owners say, hey, it's too volatile, whatever else. Why why Bitcoin and why is it something that you want to accept uh, for your services? Kind of the backdrop is that uh, I, I believe it's the future of, of money, okay? Um, and uh, again, Harkening back to my my thoughts about you know being being the change you want to see, and you know trying to create a world that we want to have, um, and not wanting to have a repeat of two thousand and eight. Although I think that the likelihood of that is unfortunately quite high. Um, so uh, there's multiple reasons why I wanted to accept it. Uh, one is to start the conversation uh, with my uh, with my patients, my clients. Um, and to uh, kind of in that way, actually legitimatize uh, Bitcoin. In Bitcoin, there's a lot of FUD about it being for terrorists and it being for, you know, the dark web and this and that. And those of us really understand Bitcoin, understand that that's that nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, so to have a dentist uh, be accepting Bitcoin, I think that's more mainstream. Uh, and then, you know, lastly, uh, with regard to, I, I, I believe that, that it, like Michael Saylor's, you know, uh, micro strategy, and I believe that holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet will be good for business. And this is a way of, of getting uh, Bitcoin on your balance sheet without having to pay any fees or anything to purchase it. And so it's kind of a... Uh, um, a strategy to, to acquire more. And was the the person who posted that, was that the first person who had paid in Bitcoin or have you been doing this for a little bit of time? No, actually, uh, so I, um, I, I posted on the Orange Bill app that um, I had just received uh, or that I, that I had just um, kind of got my platform up and running. I'm, by the way, uh, kind of a... a, a Hat tip to, to Parker Lewis and Will Cole for their ZapRite software. It's really very easy and intuitive. It's a piece of cake. Um, they basically onboarded me in like 40 minutes. It mm. was so easy. Um, but uh, so I, I posted on, you know, both Twitter and on uh, this Orange Bill app that, you know, that we were accepting Bitcoin. And literally within a half hour, I had a new patient on. This was Friday afternoon, and it was Monday morning that I, my first uh, Bitcoin payment was received by a new patient um, who came to us specifically because we were accepting Bitcoin. But I mean, I think it's something that uh, hopefully will take off. And um, I certainly would love to have more Bitcoiners come to my to come to my practice. Um, and I would love to kind of be kind of a, a little bit of a, 
messenger for, for change uh, in our community and have some peer-to-peer uh, stuff. I'm, I'm also the founder of uh, the South Denver Bitcoin Meetup. So one of the things we're going to do in the near future is we're going to have kind of like a, uh, almost like a progressive dinner where we're going to go and visit any, uh, any establishment that's accepting Bitcoin, especially eateries and bars and so on, uh, to try and, you know, support those people. Um, and to, again, uh, kind of start a movement. So for people who have listened to the Business Bitcoinization podcast for a while, they'll certainly be familiar with ZapRite. We've interviewed the founder, John McGill, a couple of times already. But then since Parker and Will joined the team, ZapRite's just exploded in growth and awareness. Could you share a little bit about ZapRite and at least your perception as a business owner? I realize that you may not have gotten too behind the scenes and setting it up. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But in... Uh, as best as you could, could you explain what ZapRite is and why it's a valuable tool for accepting Bitcoin in your business? Well, basically, it's um, it's an interface that will create invoices um, for Bitcoin payment via either the Lightning or uh, on-chain, uh, generates a QR code, uh, and it keeps track of, you know, who it was that, you know, you that your customer is and it also keeps track of what the exchange rate was at that time so you in terms of the accounting part of it when you know at the year end when you have to maybe if you were selling your bitcoin you, you would have to account for your whatever your capital gain or loss is uh it kind of keeps track of all that for you um and it's uh it's just very very easy and uh actually i was the one who set it up in our office um, and like I said, it only took 40 minutes or so, um, mm. but it is not. Um, so ZapRite is not a custodian for your Bitcoin. They basically are in the process of uh, trying to integrate a whole bunch of different lightning wallets and Bitcoin wallets to interface with it. Currently, the one that we're using is uh, for our lightning wallet is Strike and the, uh, the hardware wallet is, you know, uh, Tracer. Um, but you, the hardware wallet, you could use it for anything, anything. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was a very easy, simple onboard. Mm. And I, I would encourage anybody who's thinking about it and maybe intimidated by the idea of doing it because they're like, oh, the accounting or, you know, it's going to be a big ordeal or my front desk isn't going to know how to do it. I mean, it is simple. It is really easy. If I can do it, anybody can do it, really. And for business owners who are listening to this, one other thing you can do if you're not necessarily just wanting to accept Bitcoin, although that might increasingly uh, become some uh, a way that people feel, you can also connect Stripe uh, to to ZapRite. And so people can pay in fiat. They can pay uh, with on-chain Bitcoin or Lightning. So there, and also you can either create discounts for paying a certain way or uh, charge a premium or, you know, charge an extra percentage, for instance, if people want to pay in fiat. So I'm curious, Mark, to understand a little bit more. You mentioned about the benefit of holding Bitcoin on your balance sheet. Is this something uh, I'm assuming you're going to uh, hold whatever you've already received, but have you? Have you thought about purchasing Bitcoin for your balance sheet or are you just going to hold whatever people pay you for your services? And also maybe why would you hold Bitcoin if it's so volatile? Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, you as a business, you have to have you have to have a little cushion, you know, for your cash flow. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to I'm going to you know, I'm not going to 
jeopardize that with because of the volatility. Mm-hmm. But you know, there are there we have a significant amount of cash that's just just sitting in our bank. Um, and what I've been doing to date is I have a, an account with uh, Treasury Direct, and I've just been buying one month treasuries and just having them rotate. And so I'm 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 going to take a portion of that and start purchasing Bitcoin for the practice. Um, especially given the timing of everything that's going on right now, um, you know, with, with the having coming up, with the ETFs coming up, with uh, just kind of there's a, I believe, you know, it, it would be a good time for us to, uh, to have some of our, of our cash actually in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we are going to buy some. Yes. And then this may be a question that there's not an easy answer to. I'm sort of curious, though, about how it's interesting to see how Bitcoiners change as they begin operating kind of with a different um, type of, of money. So are there any either uh, comparisons that you can make between your dental practice and kind of the Bitcoin ethos or ways that you or your practice have changed as you've become more and more of a Bitcoiner? I would say, mm-hmm. I would, I would say that, that, that the practice itself uh, has not changed uh, because, you know, our, you know, our mission is, is dentistry, right? Um, what maybe has changed first of all, with regard to my staff. So I have really some incredible staff and we live in Denver and Denver is an extraordinarily expensive uh, city to live in. Um, and it's, it's a shame because my employees, some of them cannot afford even to buy a house. Um, it, and, and this is something that I've never experienced before, but it's starting to happen where if you don't get into the, you know, buying a house at some juncture, you're going to literally not be able to do it. Even my, I have two sons are both engineers um, you know, they make a good living, but in the, the cities that they live in, uh, it's like the inflation is just outpacing uh, their ability to, to, to buy a, a decent home. So, um, so for my staff, um, uh, we're going to start, you know, um, giving them Bitcoin instead of giving them fiat for bonuses. Mm-hmm. Um with the hope that it will help them hedge against this problem, you know, where they cannot afford to live their lives here. Because obviously I have a very vested interest in them staying in the practice, you know, they're great people, but if they can't live here, you know, uh, they're going to eventually have to move on. They're going to have to leave and go to some other locale where they can make ends meet. So, um, so, you know, a lot of them, um, already have some Bitcoin, but they hear me talking about it. Um, they're invited to all of the meetups that we have and so on. So in our office, um, there is a very much a heightened awareness of, you know, um, number one, what the problem is. And number two, um, how Bitcoin is potentially the solution. So they're kind of really orange filled to some degree. So I think that would be what's changed, you know, uh, and there's uh, they. Um, they really appreciate the fact that um, I care about mm-hmm. their well-being, you know, their financial well-being, above yeah. and beyond just a paycheck. Yeah, so that's that's what I would say the biggest change. 
So I was going to ask you as you first started answering the question and kind of brought up how you wanted to pay bonuses in Bitcoin. I was going to ask if that's something that they wanted, if they're going to opt into it or not. But then you mentioned that they all have, or most of them at least, if not all of them have Bitcoin already. Is that in large part because of your influence sharing with them about Bitcoin? Or is it just one of those things that you're finding more and more people at least have a little bit? Uh, no, it's because of my influence. Okay. There's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's constantly, even it's even when the opportunity uh, presents itself, they'll hear me talking to my patients about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not about Bitcoin so much, but just kind of asking them the questions about, you know, what they're experiencing with regard to inflation, you know, um, and oddly enough, I'll even, you know, if, if it comes up, I'll ask patients. I said, well, you know, Federal Reserve, is that part of the federal government? And it is shocking to me mm-hmm. how few people know anything about money. And again, I thought it was just me, but it's it's everybody. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Well, I guess I guess, you know, the the, the classic dentist meme is the dentist talking, the hygienist talking, and the patient not being able to say anything. So you have a captive audience while you're working on them. Um, so I guess there, there's some some benefit there. I think this is probably a good place to finish up. Um, if you have any final thoughts to share with the audience, that would be great, as well as where people can find you if they're interested in becoming a patient of yours or just keeping up with what you're doing. Maybe if you could uh, wrap into these final thoughts. Any recommendations you would have, if you have some, about how to uh, talk to people about Bitcoin in a way that is attractive and uh, convincing to them? Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've certainly, through trial and error, had better success and less success, depending upon. But I would say the number one thing when it comes to uh, talking to people about uh, Bitcoin is just to find out where they're at. Um, and make sure that uh, that they understand or are having a problem that uh, you know and you recognize is really part part and parcel, if not really uh, under the real root cause is, is our monetary system. Um, I start with that. I always start with what the problem is. Again, mostly because, and I don't really ever bring up Bitcoin until someone asks, um, or says something to the effect of, uh, well, great, but what can we do about it? Yeah. Um, and if then, then that's an opportunity to kind of ease into that. So I really try to find out where they're at. Um, and, uh, you know, and it also depends upon what my relationship is with them. I mean, most of my patients have a very high trust in me, um, and I like to think that's because I've always been an honest and fair broker, you know, with regard to them and their mouth. And um, and I and I know my patients really well. So uh, I would say it depends upon who they are, how sophisticated I know they are with regard to money or finance. You know, I can certainly we can certainly have an opportunity to talk differently if somebody is a CFA versus somebody who's a, maybe a school teacher, you know, um, kind of a thing. So, um, and then what was the second part of your question was, uh, I, I, 
um, yeah, where, where people can go to find out more about you, keep up with what you're doing, especially, you know, obviously, if there are people in the Denver area who want a dentist and they're already Bitcoiners, they're going to be coming to you now. But yeah. other places that people can kind of keep up with what you're doing, especially as it relates to how you're incorporating Bitcoin into your operation. Right. Uh, well, um, for the practice, it's it's LinkedIn.com www.linkdentaldenver.com. Um, and uh, I'm not much of a social media guy, but I am starting to um, post a fair amount on Orange, the Orange Pill app, which is for Bitcoiners, obviously, uh, and also a little bit on Twitter. Um, and but with regard to uh, what I would say for everybody, if you're a Bitcoiner and you have an ability to you know, start the conversation, um, you know, I think we all need to do it. If you're a business owner uh, and you're having any second guessing about the difficulty of onboarding, say, you know, yourself uh, with a, a Bitcoin platform, I would I would definitely recommend at least giving Safrite a look. It was very easy for me. Uh, with regard to kind of a bigger picture and zooming out, um, I don't think that, you know, I think there is sometimes in uh, the Bitcoin community, a little bit of an echo chamber. And we have um, this assumption that, um, you know, this is going to happen, it's inevitable, and so on. And yeah, well, it may be, it may be inevitable, but what's the timeline? Mm -hmm. And I think that we don't, some, you know, what is going to drive the timeline, in my view, is not necessarily Bitcoin as much as um, the failure of the current system or the cracks in the current system. The next time, you know, the Fed has to jump in and, and, and money gets inflated again. Um, I think that's going to be the driver, um, you know, and, and in the meantime, what we can do as Bitcoiners is, is basically start creating, as Jeff Wu says, the world we want to see. And so there's, you know, there's a, there's a benefit, like for me to accept Bitcoin, you know, I'm not paying merchant services fees for that. I mean, and, that's a significant amount of money year over year that I'm paying. So if, if I could have every one of my patients pay me in Bitcoin, even if I was going to immediately convert it into, into fiat or a portion of it into fiat, I, I would love that. It would save me thousands of dollars every year. Um, so, so calls to action. I would say, you know, if you're, if you're a business owner, give this a serious look and just actually do it. It's, it's not hard. Uh, secondly, um, be, be voices for, you know, for like the FinCEN thing that's going on right now. Uh, please, everybody get out there, submit a comment to FinCEN uh, to try and let them know that, hey, this is a, this is a big deal that they're, they're trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes. And, and, and we won't, we don't want that. And then with your elected officials, you know, um, keep paying them, keep sending them very, you know, respectful um you know, because they don't know either. They don't know. Our, our legislators have no understanding of our monetary system either. And so if we want to really be effective, I think, um, you know, uh, try and, and try and use the avenues that we can. Um, and then if you know um, other establishments or other businesses that are using Bitcoin, try and patronize them. If, you know, all things being equal, eat at the diner that, that accepts, you know, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how I'd like to leave it, you know? Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. All right, Josh. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
Well, friends, it's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Business Bitcoinization Show. If you want to reach out to either me or Mark, you can find those links down in the show notes. And next time you go to your dentist, ask them if they accept Bitcoin. If you're in the South Denver area, the answer is yes. As always, keep building, keep growing, and until next time, keep living and leading well. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, thank you. If you want to take a further step in your support for the show, you can help us grow by listening on Fountain, a value-for-value podcast app on iOS or Android. If you hear something you like that you disagree with or anything else, you can share it by sending some sats and adding a comment with your thoughts. Some of you have already done this, and I appreciate it. I'm going to begin reading your boosts on upcoming episodes, so if you have some insight or value to add, let the people know. Getting started with Fountain is easy. You can add Bitcoin to your Fountain wallet by using your fiat accounts or any lightning wallet and one of my favorite features is that once you're using the app you can earn sats just by listening on fountain check out the link in the show notes to get started with fountain today